that's the other element that I, I really want to bring into, you know, rock and roll is that it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be glorifying itself as much as everybody just kind of getting together, you know, and feeling yeah. it. And uh, that's the type of sound that I, I fell in love with. And that's the type of sound that I want to, uh, you know, continue to make. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Trevor Talks. I'm your host, Trevor Tyson, and I'm just stoked that you've decided to take time out of your day to check out this very special episode. I'm so stoked for today's guest. He's very uh, different than most of the guests we've had on. He's a full-blown rock and roller. Um, He's got a brand new project out working with some of the biggest names in music on this. So I'm super stoked. Stay tuned and listen to this episode because you're not going to want to miss it. This guy is a legend in the making and it's going to be phenomenal so stay tuned before we get started i just want to give a special shout out to our sponsors at life audio life audio is the premier place to listen to all of your purpose-filled podcasts there's hundreds of shows on the network including trevor talks and um questions with caden one of our um guests that we've had on in the past few weeks so go check them out at lifeaudio.com the link of this in the description below, lifeaudio.com. Today's guest is the frontman and inspiration behind the supergroup Hellings. The supergroup consists of members of Guns N' Roses, Alice Cooper, Aerosmith, Lady Gaga, Smashing Pumpkins, and so many more. Without further ado, please help me welcome the man himself, Brett Hellings. Brett, welcome to the show. Hi guys, what's going on? How are you? Trevor, thanks for having me. Dude, I'm stoked, and I'm also kind of intimidated because my hair is nowhere near as great as yours. I'm like, what shampoo are you using? What genetics are in there? <laughs> or Orbe? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, Orbe. That's I found the magical shampoo. I think, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've had long hair forever. I usually don't wash it that much, but. Today, I did watch it uh, for you. So. Yes. Come on, man. You know, you can't do an interview, especially on camera, without washed hair. Yeah, you got to have is... washed hair. You got to feel clean, you know? It's, you it's have just, to. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a must, of course. No, yeah. it's amazing. And I want to touch on the music, but I also want to touch on who you are as a person. So I want to open up the floor to you for the elevator pitch within the first two minutes of this episode. Okay. Who the heck is Brett Hellings? <laughs> Uh, Brett Hellings uh, is a, uh, I guess, uh, a, a kid that just fell in love with rock and roll. That's basically what I would say. Um, I grew up in a family that was very into music, but never played music. Um, they were really into dancing, and they were really into that kind of stuff. And I was encouraged with like uh, records from Elvis, you know. But his first gospel records was like my first thing I listened to. My dad used to teach me Michael Jackson moves. Well, that was our, like our time together when we'd go up and 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 uh, like study him and stuff like that. And then right around when I was like twelve or thirteen, my brother got me a record called Purple by STP Stone Temple Pilots, and I just fell in love with this sound and this and this mo- movement that was happening, which was the grunge movement, which is Pearl Jam, you know, Soundgarden and. And Scott Wyland especially. And I got to go see um, STP at the vet when it was uh, still around. And I saw him come out. And I was like, I want to do that for the rest of my life. Come so, on. And I was, I got to actually tell Scott that before he passed away. So that was very cool outside the Viper room one night. So I got to give him a big hug and let him know how much 
he 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 can do and what he did for me. So that's where it all kind of started. Then I got a guitar. My brother didn't really want to play it. He ended up playing it later in a band together because that's what it's called, Hellings. But I picked it up and I just kind of like sat in my room and, and I just started to learn um, what this thing was all about. And I took my, the inspirations of that era, of that time. And then I, I kind of was like, what did they listen to? And then that's when I went back into, you know, Aerosmith and uh, the Stones and Zeppelin. And that's what, who they said they were listening to. And then I w- went to those guys and I was like, well, who do they who do they listen to? And then now I went way back into like Muddy Waters and John Lee Hooker and all where, you know, rock and roll came from, which was like a mixture of soul, blues and country. So I did that. And then that's when I started to learn how to play. I, I started to learn how to play on guitar and get that feel down. And once I got that feel down and I can learn to accompany myself and then I started writing songs. I was like, well, who's stopping me from trying to do it? I, don't, I have no experience. I don't really know what what I need to know, but you don't really need ex- a butt life experience to write. So I started to just to, to do that. And then I was a, actually a worship leader in my local church. Now it was like oh, the one thing that I was allowed to do because I, I grew up in a, uh, they didn't like that I went to the STP concert, but that changed my world. So, but yeah. that, I think they do now, but um, my parents uh, encouraged church a lot. So I was a worship leader for uh, like three years. And then I went to um, music school, a Berkeley school of music up in Boston before uh, right around in high school, I was just playing rock and roll and I was leading worship on the side really it was kind of weird and and it gave me an opportunity to play and then after school i've realized that you can't really write uh songs in a classroom and i was like like many that go to berkeley even though it's a great school i was like i want to go to the sunset strip you know i want to go you know experience life or i want to i want to go somewhere else and i got the opportunity to go out there so me and my brother packed our bags and we went out to Sunset Strip and lived on the Strip for uh, on and off for ten years, and that's where I cut my teeth and, and and learned who I was and who what kind of singer I was and stuff like that. So, which is really important. And and then that all those albums, I was just making records and and singing for every band that I could out there, and I was in and out of sort of record deals and out of bands and out of relationships and and then. Um, it, it just grew me so much. And then I, I made a, I have like two or three records that are already out before what you're, what you guys are listening to. So if you want to just go search Hellings, uh, it's on Apple music and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but then, uh, I was getting out of something and I was always just continuing to do what, you know, music and always never giving up uh, on it. And then, I was right around about three years ago. I, I got out of like a really a, a kind of tough relationship, and and I, I I had this relationship with this guy named David Davidian, who who heard me on Al Scooper's radio show, and uh, we've been working together. And I, I was getting out of something, and I really wanted to put a record together. And then he basically got a group of musicians around me that he'd been met on the road and was good friends with and said they were good souls and that's when uh all the guys started listening to my stuff and 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 liking it and going wow this i think this kid really has something or and i was like whoa i i never really got the, that sort of attention from that caliber of you know musicians right and then uh i was like well 
do you guys want to do a record? Would that be cool? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And only because of the COVID situation, it was a, they were available. So out of that 2020 uh, era, there was beautiful rock and roll came of it, which is so cool. So I always think that, you know, something out of the dark, you know, there's a light. So we got together, we went down to El Paso and we made a record and, and that this is the first single that you're hearing and we're releasing another one in March. So that's the, that's kind of like the little thing, but Brett Hellings is just basically a guy that is a, was fell in love with rock and roll and the music is number one. And however I get to do that and whatever I have to do to do that, that's who I am. So. And I love that you bring up the whole Alice Cooper aspect of things because that endorsement that you received, which I want to talk about that in particular a little later, opened up a lot of doors and opportunity for you. But this whole journey wasn't like an overnight thing. As you're saying, you've already had two records come out with the band name, but it just became this super group. And you're actually working with the people that you looked up to. I see you have a sign behind you that says The Viper Room. Uh, Yeah, Um, that was uh, one of my I think that was my first gig at The Viper Room. And uh, we made a little sign. We got to throw it up there so i kept it and and uh it got broken throughout the, the journeys <laughs> but I, I had someone like frame it because i never wanted to lose it yeah but Come yes on. isn't that incredible like the whole aspect of growing up like almost idolizing which is unhealthy but like we have all done it to a certain extent Absolutely. you idolize these people and then now you're working with them that's a whole 180 turn how does it feel to be on the other side of the chair now being like yo i grew up listening to these people they believe in me as an individual enough to jump in and do a record with me it was it was kind of um it was shocking, really, to be honest with you. And I didn't really believe it at first because I've always, I've just been on the, you know, the the ground level and and hustling and and not hustling in like a bad way, just trying to find wh- where where does that opportunity lie, and also just my style and all that kind of stuff. So, for someone to finally, you know, give you a call like Tommy, Tommy did, and Tommy gave me a call. I'll never forget this. I was um, I was sleeping on a couch and in a in the, the this relationship I was in. So I was in the couch. I got up. It was very early in the morning because he lives in Switzerland. He gave me a call and he goes, "So you sound like every lead singer, but none of them. How did you do that?" And I was like, "Well, I don't really know. I didn't I didn't think I was I did anything." And he goes, "Dude, you really got something here. We would love to work with you. I know so many people that work." So I was, and that was really early in the morning, and I was just like. I thought I was dreaming, to be honest with you, because I just had so much respect for the, him individually because I knew a little bit about him. But just the people that they work with, it's just is who, you know, who really made rock and roll. These guys are the reason that I do what I do. So to be able to work with them, let alone get their endorsement or, or mm-hmm. their support is is remarkable. Actually. Yeah. So. And those relationships like they build your confidence, they build your creativity, and they allow you to just pursue that, if that makes sense. Does that sound about what happened with you? Like, you have these people, they're like, hey, your stuff is really good. I wouldn't mind working on it. Like, would you want to work with me? (laughs) Yeah, well, I yeah, and I didn't really actually know all of the guys. I But when you say, you know, Aerosmith, I'm like, oh, my God, well, who... Who from Aerosmith, in which it, it comes to be, you know, Buck is such a, 
a vital point, you know, or, or position in that band. He like he does so much for that band. It makes it sound so good, and 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 he has also been a songwriter in Nashville for many many years. So uh, to work with someone that was, was signed to a writing deal for you know so long and 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 sings backup for Steven Tyler, literally, I was like, whoa! I, I've been listening to Steven Tyler my whole life, and now he's kind of he was singing backups for me in the studio. So. It was it was kind of mind blowing, and they really did not um, do anything but just be very loving and uh, teach me a lot. They never restricted me. They never made me feel like I wasn't or I couldn't be where they are. Uh, they all because they love music so much, and the and the and how they view music, which is it's their life. You know, these guys are session players. These guys have played with everybody. They've worked their way up. There was no. It, it, and they worked their way up to Guns N' Roses and Aerosmith and all that. So it's like I was in such a familiar company because I was like, oh, my goodness, this is what I've been doing. So for them to kind of like take me on as like, uh, you know, older brothers almost and, and, and uh, or uh, Uncle Tommy's, you know, it was yeah. it was really something else. So not only the encouragement, but the time to just realize that I, I really had done something up until that point. And to give yourself the freedom to feel that, and that was important in in in, in capturing what we did. Yeah, and so the latest single, "Kill Me to Keep Loving You," is obviously an artistic expression. Um, it's very meaningful. The sound is, like I said a little bit earlier, you're bringing ballads back, and I'm here for it. Some <laughs> people have tried, and some execute, but this is a different part of it. Um, like uh, listening to it, knowing that um, my mom and my family, like they love power ballads and stuff like this. It's hard. Yeah, it's very difficult to write too and it's a, it, it has to come from a true place and and experience i believe also you know th those guys are experts at it they've been playing i mean it doesn't get much more power bowed than aerosmith in the 80s you know so or guns and roses and and that kind of thing so uh they could just tell that i had that voice for it and, and uh, throughout my career it's one th one of the things i was always really good at but i always kind of shied away from it because i was like ah it's easy. And I think I got that from even like my church experience, you know, this spirit that has it, when you just put big rock guitars behind it, that's what a power ballad is. It's basically I, I would have maybe like a more of a, a you know, a, a downhearted message, maybe or or a love message. It depends. But um, yeah, it's, it, it was something that I knew I could do. And I wrote a song called Over You that the, all the guys listened to. And when they heard that, they were like, I I could, I have something that I want to give this kid. And when I first heard Kill Me, I really didn't, I knew it was a good written song, but it was a, in a pop country like demo. And I was, I'm not a really big <laughs> pop country fan. So I was like very turned off by the concept. And also I'm such a songwriter myself. I was like, why do I have to sing someone else's song? I've never had to really do that. And they all were like, Brett, just just try it, you know. I think a I think you're not thinking of it how you're gonna do it. And when I was like, Okay, all right, and I did it for the first time and everybody that heard it was just like, Oh my goodness, we we can't wait to get into the studio and I was like, I see what you're saying. Once you put Rich Fortis on it 
and you um you know you put Kenny Arnoff and and those sort of people it's not going to sound like you know uh Blake Sh- uh, I don't know who Blake Sheldon is that one of the yeah. guys and not yeah. nothing against Blake but I I you know it's it's a different thing when you get down there and and the, the ability to um to be in the same room and and people don't even make records like that anymore so to meet them and dine with them sleep you know we were all mm-hmm. sleeping in the same place we were two hours from anything so it was like whoa this is a we became a band we became a family and like a, a mini family in a band and and it really reflects on the record a lot of people are always just like shooting things over the internet or email and i know that in this era that's uh you know especially with certain restrictions and also with covid it was impossible to do anything we couldn't even play but that that opportunity, I, I just encourage everyone to really, if you can, get into a room and get personal and really, um, you know, try to get as close to that person as possible. And that's kind of what happened with us. So I got to go, you know, hang out with rock stars and, and, and I have, you know, get to text them what I want. So sometimes <laughs> not too late. it's always a feel good thing. <laughs> it's always a feel good thing when you have someone that you've looked up to for so long, oh, become a yeah. friend uh, and become acquaintance uh, with uh, this would be considered business, but it's creative. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about uh, kill me to keep loving you that we can't find in the song ourselves? Are there any golden eggs? What's the song about? Uh, where do you think uh, well, people are going to relate the most? with Yeah, it? I think I, I always say, say that i'm not saying that everyone goes through this but i know a lot of people go through something that is probably not healthy for them or or that is restricting them or or they love so much that it it can overcome them um i think that song this song is for that it's it's the letting go of something even though you don't want to but you have to and and that is really where kill me came into play for me and where i was at in my life and that could be anything that could be in a, you know, a girl or a guy or addiction. Or it could be anything that's kind of, if you, if you want to say, taking you away from your true self, you know, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as a Christian would say, taking you away from God, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, I was, I was in that kind of position and, and I'd, I'd made a choice to kind of choose what I love the most, which was music. So, um, and I got to put it into music. So uh, "Kill Me" really to me is is everybody everybody goes through these breakups of something, uh, and and I don't know if it's uh, whatever that is in your life. I hope the song kind of like you know makes you feel like you know you're not alone, and and mm-hmm. also it it's going to happen probably a couple more times, but you'll you'll always have the song or you have the moment, and you you can also have your song, you know, and. I just hope people get, you know, a good feeling out of it. And then also just the nostalgic thing of, of, you know, rock and roll still being around and that people are still wanting to create these, that sort of sound, which is very, very rare. Even in the new kind of rock bands that are out there, um, I don't hear a lot of that. It's very hard to nail that kind of sound. And And I think every great rock and roll band needed that song right you know it's like they could rock out they could do everything but if you don't have november rain it's like (laughs) oh well if you don't you know if you don't have crazy if you don't have those sort of songs you're not it's not a complete package you know and that's why they're so great you know 
Well, when I first heard the song, the first picture that popped in my head when you started singing was uh, that scene on Blades of Glory uh, <laughs> with Will Ferrell when that song comes on. And I don't want to miss a thing. I can't, <laughs> I can't recall the song title or who sings it. But yeah, that was Aaron, that's Aerosmith. <laughs> there you yeah. go. So that popped in my head. And uh, the part where Will, uh, Will Ferrell has a dude over his head. Yeah, I know. That's, I love it's that movie, by the way. <laughs> such a historic movie. Oh, um, yeah. But that popped in my head. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a banger for years to come. <laughs> and how does it feel to have your music with your last name imprinted on it be categorized with the legends like this? Oh, that's it's that's one of the most amazing feelings is that they let me, you know, use that name and whatever I wanted to do with with the you know project, which is really amazing. I, I, like I said before, you know, we well, I started that span with my brother and um and then Hellings went through so many different band changes and stuff like that. It's really kind of my group that I kept alive. But I, w I wanted to keep that name because I thought it was kind of a classic rock and roll name, you know. And yeah. uh, and they thought the same. They And they also were like, you can call yourself whatever you want with, you know, what you're doing. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, so that was... It's just yeah, it's really cool to see those guys in that picture and, and see your name right there. So yes, it, uh, again, a little a little starstruck, but it, it once you go through it, you could just see that they're really just people that worked really hard and just loved what they did. They would be in the studio so before me, and I learned so much from that. Uh, I'd see Billy Sheen down there hours before i showed up and i was like and it wasn't like a mandatory thing to when you showed up but that's when he shows up he shows up because there's nothing else he wants to do it's mm -hmm. like especially when he's working so i was like whoa the dedication level here is is insp so inspiring and 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 changed it, it just made me better so i and, and i think we all kind of got better uh, as a group and they even said that to me which was even shocking that they would they they learned things from me and I'm like how could what do I have to teach you you know yeah but it's like um well you taught us that you know it's it's still uh, alive you know yeah. it's still out there they didn't really believe that I was even uh, kind of real in the beginning and so I had to stay, I had to send over like stems and all kinds of stuff and then when they when they did and they saw the real thing it was it was it was pretty cool. Man, that's incredible. Now, I want to take a few steps back. I want to talk about Brett mm. Helling's pre-professional music guy. Okay. Where are you from? What was your childhood like? And when did music come into the picture? My childhood was really great. I grew up in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, right outside of Philadelphia. And my dad was a, um, a builder. And so I lived a really nice childhood. Um, I was moving around a lot because of his job. So I would always be, you know, kind of the new kid at school or, or not really have that many, you know, strong connections with people. I think that's where, uh, you know, music, I, I took that as like my best bud and mm. and all the all the rock singers or rock and roll bands were my my friends. That's who I would hang out with. And, and you know, so that's kind of where I, you know, really fell in love with it. The, uh, the isolation of not really having a normal kind of childhood, but a good one. Um, it drove me into just creating my own identity and wanting to always, you know, figure out a way how 
who am I going to be? I can't wait to get out of here to get to where I want to go. And, and, and I think that, you know, a dream like sort of, you know, um, uh, fantasies and stuff like that is really good when you're trying to become a songwriter or become a singer, a rock and roll singer, especially because I was like, there's not even much rock and roll rounds, right? Mm-hmm. So it was really cool, and 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 I really studied them a, a great deal, and uh, but I I didn't study them uh, so much that I would want to copy them, you know. So, but in the beginning, that's the only thing you can do just to try to figure it out. But then when you go on the Sunset Strip for ten years, you know, you figure oh, yeah. out how <laughs> you, who you really are because. <laughs> If you sound too much like Jim Morrison, they're going to tell you and they're not going to like it or they're going to like it too much. And it's like, oh, my goodness. So I was um, I was it was interesting uh, going through that process of who are you and what do you what what new thing are you bringing to the rock and roll, you know, canvas? You know, it, it, OK, so you can play rock and roll and do that thing. But what's going to be new about it? And I think something like Kill Me is new. Or it's at least a, a, you know, a resurgence of that sound that if we lose that, it's it's going to be a shame, you know, that yeah. that sort of soulful, uh, you know, big arena rock kind of stuff, which the whole record really has on it. So um, I can't wait for everybody to hear it, too. So you're you have you're in it for a treat. But yeah. And then uh, I grew up in PA and, and, and um, you kind of knew my journey and I, I got into um music when i saw it for the first time and um never looked back come on dude what can you tell us about this next single and what's coming next for hellings um so hellings is um releasing another single in march so it's called fall in love it's a frankie miller cover which is uh an old 1960s hit by a, a scottish soul singer who uh did a song called fall in love so it's a cover but you could never really tell because we rocked it out so hard. So it's got this really, really cool thing and really big. We brought in, you know, we have saxophone, really great saxophone player. We have Crystal is on the record. She sang for Billy Joel, a really good soul sister um, singing on it. Of course, Rich wrote like a really cool new riff that has never been in the song. So all this kind of stuff. It was it what happens within it. So I think you're really gonna like it. We even have like a little jam out session. It's like over five minutes long. We're not trying to play by any rules, you know, anything like that. And um, you can dance to it too. So that's Come really on. good. So I think that's the other element that I, I really want to bring into, you know, rock and roll is that it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be glorifying yourself as much as everybody just kind of getting together, you know, and feeling yeah. it. And uh, that's the type of sound that I, I fell in love with. And that's the type of sound that I want to, uh, you know, continue to make. And you're, you'll definitely hear it and fall in love. I think March 10th is what is coming out. Nice. So. Well, I'm stoked to hear this song. I know that everyone else that's listening is going to stop what they're doing and go pre-save the single. Um, I'm so stoked for you, man. I'm no, so thanks, grateful brother. that we're able to circle back and just have this conversation and make people aware of this project that you're working so tirelessly on, man. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to do it. And I just want to encourage you and everyone else uh, listening that your voice 
voice matters. Uh, there's so much purpose in your life. And if you're struggling Amen. today or need um, any kind of extra help or someone to talk to, feel free to reach out to some of the um, resources that we have in the description below for heart support, Beneath the Skin, Death to Life organization, and uh, so many more. So, Brett, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Of course. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye now. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at LifeAudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.